Amen. I did promise you the last time we did a question and answer. For those of you that are here for the first time, uh, Arthur, hopefully you will explain to your guests uh, that third Sunday is our uh, question and answer Sunday. I give people a chance to ask questions, but I have to uh, do something different today. Um, I'm not going to give you a chance to ask questions because I have all the questions we're going to do today. But if you want to react to what I'm saying, please, this Sunday is a Sunday for you. You can stop me while I'm doing it and ask questions and we'll interact. Is that okay? Okay, so, you know, if, you, if I say something that's not clear, please make me stop and clear clarify things because i don't want you to leave here with any questions on your mind okay except for the joy of the lord amen, amen. god is good so i have uh, i have four questions that i'm going to deal with today the first one is from last time we were talking about christians and tattoos i'm going to clarify it a little bit go into it a little bit today and then after that um we are also going to talk about angels. Does the Bible talk about angels and who are angels and uh, what do they do? Do we all have guardian angels? And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we are going to look at Jesus the Christ. Did Jesus know who he was when he came? Or did he discover later on who he was? We'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, also this, I always, you know, kind of look at it as a very important question. But sometimes questions that are in the background, and you tend to uh, go over it and uh, don't mention the really important part of it because let me say this. People always think that you are anti-Semitic. When you start talking about Jesus, and you start talking about the Jewish faith, and you start talking about how the Jewish faith applies or relates to Christianity, how different is Christianity to the Jewish faith? And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, so, okay. We're going to look at Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 28. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 28. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 28. says, do not do what? Cut your bodies for the dead or put what? Tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. Okay, so by this, by this verse, what do you think it's saying? Well, let me, let me give you a background to it. In the ancient Near East, in Egypt, in Babylonia, in all those areas, when someone died, there was a practice to cut yourself and let the blood run out and signifying your eternal relationship with the dead. So, with this particular command, what God is telling the children of Israel is particularly the Levites who are responsible for the priesthood. Do not be like the nations surrounding you. You are not to do that practice of cutting yourself for the dead. Are we, are we still together? And the other thing is that do not put tattoo marks on your body. 
and the tattoo marks were marks that was also used in those days and sometimes they would draw the picture of the dead on their body. So, this is the passage that most people have used when they talk about tattoos. And I'm not going to ask you how many of you have tattoos on you. Okay. But, but this is the, the passage that is used by most people to say, well, the Bible says, don't, you, don't use tattoo on your body. Okay. I, I don't totally agree with that. Let me tell you why. I believe that the important scripture for a Christian is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20. Please follow me carefully. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 19 and 20. And we're not going to have time to read it either because we have too many questions. But believe me, trust me, what the passage says is, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you should glorify God, honor God with your body. Okay, so your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, not just the outside, but also the inside. So your body is the temple of God. Therefore, whatever you do to your body... Make sure it is going to be glorifying to God. That is the Christian principle. Whether you have a tattoo on or, or not. That's not the issue. The issue is that your body becomes the glorifying center for the almighty God. You with me? So, if you have a house and somebody comes there and put graffiti on it all over the place so you won't recognize the, the house anymore, will you be happy with the house? No, you wouldn't, right? The same way that God has created your body and you want something nice, you want to put a tattoo on yourself, that's okay, but it's not okay to graffitiize your body. Okay? Now, why is it, well, pastor, are you going against Leviticus? No, I'm not. Because, let's re read Leviticus. If you're going to follow Leviticus 19.28, then you got to follow Leviticus 19.26 also. And what does 19.26 say? Do not eat any meat with the blood still in it. So if you go to a restaurant, don't ever say medium rare. Okay? <laughs> so, also... You should obey uh, verse 27. Do not cut the hair at the sides of your head. This one here. All the men here. Those of you who have already shaved, you've gone against the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, let's, let's keep going 27. Or... Clip off the edges of your beard. You got to let them grow this way. Anyway, the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that uh, we can go too far when we're just 
holding on to one verse in the Bible and don't read it in context. You've got to read it in context and see what it's saying. So, then, what should be the principle for the Christian? I want you to do this, because I'm not going to have time to, to do it. But in the way you relate to people, the way you advise people, in anything that is not specifically written and given to us and expounded on in the New Testament, you should always follow Romans chapter 14. You should always follow Romans chapter 14. And what does Romans chapter 14 say? Romans chapter 14 says that if God has not specifically told you something, don't judge your brother by it. I just put the whole chapter in capsule. But it would be good for you to go back and read it because it's very instructive and it's very important for us. So don't think, well, oh Lord, I have tattoo on me. I'm a sinner. Well, join the rest of us. Okay? But the point I'm trying to say is this. Don't do anything to your body. And, and I, by the way, I said this last time too, that this also applies to cosmetics. Cosmetics serve well. It's really interesting because the word cosmetics comes from the word cosmos, which comes from the word chaos. So cosmetic is a way of making chaos look a little bit better. <laughs> I'm serious, that's from the Greek. Okay, so let's look at it real, real important. I said that in the in the case of tattoos, your first and primary principle is glorify God. Glorify God with whatever it is. If it is, if you want to say Jesus is Lord, you want to put it on your body, it's okay. Don't just go crazy about it. Whatever does not give glory to God should not be practiced by a true believer. Anything that doesn't give glory to God. Another principle, of course, is the principle that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Dress it appropriately. Amen. You may not have tattoos on, but your skirt may be too short. And you're showing everybody that should not be shown to everybody. Dress it appropriately. God lives there. And if you are under age, Don't do it if your parents say no. Because it's not the tattoo that's going to be seen. It's your disobedience. Okay? Wait until you get out of the house. You can do whatever you want. But again, make sure it gives glory to God. The, the fourth thing, I think, is that tattoos are permanent. They're painful going in. They're more painful if you need to remove them. It's like marriage. <laughs> Amen. You better think about it before you do it. Amen. Let's go to angels. Somebody asked me, do angels exist? And do we have guardian angels? And in what form are angels? And again, uh, please, if you have questions, just raise your hand. You want to, you know, challenge something, raise your hand because I wouldn't know. Uh, I'll just move on to the next thing because of time. Angels do exist and the Bible clearly talks about them. The Bible tells us who they are 
and what they do. And the word angel simply means messenger or agent. Agent. The agent of the Lord. The one that he sends out. The messenger. Angels are messengers. And they are heavenly beings. In other words, they were not born on the earth. And Matthew 13, 41 uh, is very clear about that. Angels are ambassadors of God, messengers of God. They are his, they belong to him. But you also have to remember this because a lot of people, well, an angel told me this or, you know, I felt the angel on my shoulder. You better be careful because there are evil angels too. The Bible talks about angels that belong to the devil. Jude chapter 6, 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4, Matthew chapter 25 verse 41 talks about angels that are evil. And because angels are beings, they are, they were created by God. And anything that is created by God should never be worshipped. There's no angel worship. And sometimes some people say, well, but I don't worship an angel. The way some of us talk about angels, we do worship angels. And you have to be very careful about. So in what form are angels? They are not in the forms that you think. Immediately we talk about angels, some of you see people with wings. That's Hollywood. Angels don't have wings. Remember the most popular Christmas story by uh, a very popular... Uh, Hollywood's old, old, old. James Stewart. Okay. Talking about that angel is earning what? His wings. That's a lie. Okay. That's made up in Hollywood. It's really interesting. Let me say this. I don't want to scare you. Okay. But Some of you may have met an angel this week. And you may have treated that angel bad. Let's look at Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 9. We're not going to read the whole thing, but when you get home, read the whole chapter. Uh, When we, I'm going to start with, uh, Uh, Let me start with verse 1. Genesis 19. Are you there? The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening. And Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet, so they have feet, and spend the night, which means they can sleep, and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. They were going to act like homeless people. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, which means they can eat. Baking bread without yeast. And they did what? Ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot. 
Where are the men who came to you tonight? In other words, they saw them and they saw them as what? They didn't see them as people with wings. Right? They saw them as men. They said, bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. So, you know, homosexuality did not start in San Francisco. <laughs> Lord went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friend, don't do this wicked thing. Which means homosexuality is wicked. That's not my topic, but I just thought I would prong that out. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. I'm, I'm so surprised at Lot. But, 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 you know, let's, let's keep on going. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, this this fellow came here as an alien and now he wants to play the judge. They're talking about Lot again. You know, this is not your country. This is not your place. You, you migrated here. Now you want to act like our judge. Well, we'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside, the men, he didn't say angel this time, right? He said the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with what? Blindness, so that they could not find the door. And on and on and on. It's a long story. But, you know, it's, it's not a story that Hollywood can make up. And that is why, as a Christian, be careful how you treat people. Some of us are good in this building. We do all the holy things while we're in here. Praise the Lord. And we get out, it's like we have split personality. You don't know who are you, who you are mistreating. So be careful. Angels. And let me, let me read one more story for you. Just to let you know that the idea you have about angels are totally wrong because we've been brainwashed by the movie industry. Look at John chapter 20 real quick. I know my time is moving fast. John chapter 20. I'm going to start reading from verse 10. Are we there? John 20. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. That was where Jesus was buried. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two what? Angels in white seated, which means they can seat, where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, and the other at the foot. They ask her, which means they can speak, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? 
Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means cheat teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. So here again we see, uh, do you think Mary would have seen people with wings sitting there just going this way? I mean, just see her reaction. She's talking to them. And it's really interesting. There are a lot of things that people have messed up. You know, the Catholic Church messed a lot of you up. You know, they, they draw the picture of Jesus, picture of angels. You always have, with the picture of angels, there's all this light around them. And Jesus, of course, you have this ring on his head. And that picture of Jesus is impossible when you read the New Testament. The New Testament told us that people were trying to kill Jesus and he slipped in through people and left. What can a man with a halo on his head, you know, do? You know, all follow the halo. Get it? It's ridiculous. We make these things up and they are not true. Now angels do, and do we all have, do we have guardian angels? Do each one of us have guardian Yes. Ruby, you have a question? Okay, Ruby. Oh, not yet. Okay. Um, I want you to, you know, there are passages. Let's turn to Acts chapter 12. In fact, we're not going to read it. Go home and read that. Acts chapter 12. Read it when you get home. But I want you to read Acts chapter 5 verse 19 because that's only one verse. Acts chapter 5 verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Now, we're going to read another passage just to tie the two together. It has to be someone that is specifically assigned to you to tell you to do the same thing you just got in trouble for. Okay? You are in jail because you were teaching people about Jesus. And this angel came, got you out of the prison and said, Hey, guess what? Go out there and stand in the pub and tell them the gospel. Some of us probably say, wait a minute, can you say that again? And that is why Matthew chapter 18 verse 10 is instructive in this. Matthew 18, I know I'm going real fast, but you know, I don't have time. My notes will be given to you on Wednesday. Matthew 18 verse 10. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For what? I tell you that what? The angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. And this is the main passage. Tying it with a lot of things that happen in the, new t- in the, in the Bible. That yes indeed we all have angels 
that are guiding us and helping us, but it's not that they're necessarily there with you 24 hours a day. But they're messengers of God sent at specific times to do the bidding of God on your behalf. Psalm 91 verse 11. Psalm 91, verse 11. I'm faster than you today, Etienne. Psalm 91, verse 11. For he will command his angels concerning what? You. To guide you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hand so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Hebrews Chapter 1, verse 14. Oh, you, you are ahead of me this time. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will do what? Inherit salvation. They're sent to serve you. All right. Was Jesus a devout Jew? Yes, Jesus was a devout Jew in that he worshipped in the synagogues regularly and he observed the Jewish rites, he observed the Passover as he grew up. He grew up in the house with Mary and Joseph and they must have taught him Jewish ways. We always have to remember first that Jesus was fully man, and fully God. Are you with me? How many of you understand it? Okay. Uh, you lied. Because you, you don't understand it. I don't understand it. I mean, how can you really understand that? We believe it, okay. We believe it. You don't understand it. I don't. I don't understand how he can even say, my God and your God. My father and your father. And at the same time, I don't understand how he can say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though being what? Equal with God did not count. Equality is something to hold on. But humbled himself and died the death on the cross. And that is why God has highly exalted him. And given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that he is God to the glory of the Father. I don't understand it. If you try to understand it, what you're going to become is a Jehovah Witness. Because you're going to say it doesn't make sense. Therefore, you're going to come up with your own. Since I can't explain it, since I can't understand, how can it be God, fully God, and fully man? I don't understand it. How could he be asleep? And the waves are getting ready to toss the boat away. And the disciples were afraid. He was asleep. A human action. And they went to him and said, Master, don't you care that we're going to perish? And he looked there and said, Peace be still. And everything just calmed down. Oh my Lord. Who are you? I don't understand it. But he is king of kings. And lord of laws. He's the only one who is able to open the scroll and to read it. And he is the only one that the angels can bow down to and say, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. And he had received power and strength and glory and wisdom. Yeah. 
I don't understand it. That's why the hymn writer said, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, that Nazarene. I wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful are my songs shall ever be. I don't understand it. Because I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I don't understand it. But I give glory to God. That the Son of God came down from glory to touch all of my insignificances and poverty. That God will come. That God will die for me. I don't understand it. But give him the glory. And that's why the Jewish people could not understand him. How could a devout Jew tell us he is the Messiah? Because he is. Amen. One of the greatest philosophers of our time, C.S. Lewis, who has written books that are now made into movies, The Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis said, if you look at Jesus and you think he's just a good man, and he tells you he is God, and you still follow him, you're crazy. Is Allah a good man, a good teacher, and he is God? Or you can't say he's a good man, he's just out of his brains. Read John chapter 8. John chapter 8 verse 58, he said, Before Abraham was, I am. They're talking about where, what, what you, what you, 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 you only, you know, you're not even 60 yet. What are you telling us that Abraham saw your day and he rejoiced? He said, what you don't know is because before Abraham came into existence, before Israel ever came into existence, before Abraham ever came into existence, before Moses ever came into existence, I am. Now, if you tell me Jesus was a devout Jew, well, why were the Jewish leaders trying to kill him? And they thought they succeeded too because they got him killed. But it was because to fulfill the scripture. And Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. Why would I want to do that? They all find their completion in me. I came to bring it to the full. I came to make it Elias. I came to make it complete. If you're looking for anything, don't look to the prophets. Don't look to the law. Look to me. Because instead of law, I brought you grace. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound that said, a wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Why? Because Jesus came. Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of words, lest any man should boast, for we are what? His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Grace. Grace. Yes, he was a devout Jew, but he told the Jews, you see all you, all that Sabbath, 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 Sabbath that you guys talking about? Shut up already. Man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. I've come to change it around. And by the way, his disciples were not people from Marine City. They were not people from Greece. They were not people from Africa. They were not people from all this, but they were 
Jews. And he told them. Now, one of them, one of them was uh, supposedly a Greek. But the point is this, that most of them were Jews. And the all on the island of Caesarea Philippi, when he asked them, who do men say that I am? And they told him all this, but who do you say I am? You Jewish people. Who do you say that I am? Everybody else said, well, Jesus is always saying he is this. Yes, he said he was. But his disciples also said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. What do you think Christ is? It's not Jesus' last name. No. The Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who is to come to save his people, the Joshua, the Yeshua you've been waiting for. I am the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what makes us different from Jews. We're not waiting for Yeshua. We already found him. Or as you say, he found us. Let me deal with the last question. Did Jesus have full knowledge of himself and his sonship? Well, the resounding answer is yes. Oui, oui, monsieur. Madame et monsieur. Jesus knew the Old Testament and he said the Old Testament listen, listen Jesus was talking to Jews and he said the Old Testament the one that you're proud about, the one that you're doing all, they talk about me they talk about me they point to me let, let me show you, let me show you a flavor of it, I, I think I still have a few minutes Let's turn to John chapter 8. I didn't get a chance to read this early on, but John chapter 8. I, I think every Christian ought to read John chapter 8 at least once a year. I'm going to start with verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, you have to understand that Jesus was not speaking English. It's really funny sometimes when you hear some preachers. I heard a preacher one time. Uh, was preaching and he said and Jesus was on the cross and 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 he said Eloi Lamasabak Fanny which when you translate it into English means my God my God why have you forsaken me? Why indeed why would he have been speaking English and all of a sudden start saying Eloi Eloi Lamasabak Fanny I said oh my God that's ignorance Jesus never spoke a word of English. Jesus never spoke Greek. He spoke Aramaic. And when you look at his speeches, and when you look at the way he said things, you have to look at the Aramaic meaning of what he was saying. So when you look in here and Jesus is saying, I am, when it is translated into Greek, it is ego emi. The same word that is used in the, in the Old Testament to describe God, Jehovah, Yehi, I am. And that word, in fact, in my Hebrew class, how many of you took Hebrew with me? Only you? Really? Okay. Some of you, okay, many people quit after the first day of class. <laughs> it's really interesting. When I tell 
my students to go out and translate ego in me and translate yehi to see what they come back with. And the thing about it is that they're all correct. It could be I am. It could be I will be. could be I shall be. It could be I was. I remain. On and on and on. You can translate so many ways. And that is God. And that is the same word Jesus used when he said, I am the light of the world. The Pharisees challenge him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered, even if I testified on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But I do judge my deceit when I... But if I do judge, my decisions are right because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they ask him, where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would have known my Father also. He spoke this while while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings were put, yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am, of, I am not of this world. I told you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be. You will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? They asked. That's what I've been claiming all along, Jesus replied. <laughs> I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable, and what I have heard from him, I will tell you. Listen, verse 28, Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am the one I claim to be, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. And they went into that thing that they all were children of Abraham. I mean, I mean, uh, all these uh, college professors that teach religion ought to read chapter 8 of John. If you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And Jesus replied, verse 34, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And they talk, well, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, then you will do the things Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You're doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you will love me. For I came from God and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why, why is my language not clear to you? Am I speaking German? <laughs> because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he is speaking his native language. I love that one. For he is a liar and a father of lies. 
Yeah, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Don't ask anybody that question now. Only Jesus can do that. Amen. If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you don't hear is that you do not belong to God. Man, I wish I had time. Now, not only did Jesus know himself, Jesus knew that Jerusalem was not where he started. Read John chapter 3 verse verse 13. John chapter 3 verse 13. If you find it, read it real quick so we we can go home. John 3 verse 13. Okay, who is the son of man? Now, oh, go to John chapter 6. If you, if you don't know where Jesus came from, shame on you. After you read John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 33. What does verse 33 say? Somebody read it quick. Who is he talking about? Read verse 38. I have come down from where? Verse 41. Okay, read verse 50. Amen. This is Jesus. Verse 51. Amen. I mean, look at it. I came down from heaven to do what? I didn't come here just to enjoy this earth. I came specifically to die for you. Verse 58. Amen. Verse 62. Okay. Why are you going to say, well, Jesus didn't know where he was from? I mean, he just found out from the, from the Jewish rabbi. These are the people trying to kill him. He's telling them where he's from. Look at the I am saying, John chapter four, chapter four, John chapter six, John chapter eight, John chapter ten, John chapter eleven. He said, I am, I am the door, I am the shepherd, I am the living water, I am the, the, the gate, I am the good shepherd, I am the light of the world, I am this, I am that. He is the I am. Not only is he, I am the bread, I am the, the living water, I am the shepherd. He said, I am the I am. And not only that, Jesus knew everything. Read John chapter 16. Amen. You can't live here today and tell me, you know, the pastor didn't show me. Let me show you. John chapter 16. I'm going to start with verse 29. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know what? They say you know some things. You know all things. And that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You believe at last, Jesus said. But a time is coming and has now come when you will be scattered each of each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone for my father is with me. I have told you this thing so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have done what? Overcome the world. Amen. 
Look at Jesus in the, in the desert. He wasn't led in the desert by the devil. He was led in the desert by the Spirit of God. And the devil did everything to try and get him to come to the camp. You know, I mean, turn stone to bread. You know, we, a lot of us think, you know, it, once you do some kind of miracle, everybody will start following you. So I don't need no miracle for people to follow me. Turn it to bread. The man should not live by bread alone. For every word came from the word of God. You know, say, okay, get up there. I'll give you all these things that you see. Amen. The world has a way of giving you things that the church can't give you. It's a lie. The things that the world give you, they're temporary. They're temporary. Some of the things that you all think you're having fun with, they're destroying you. Amen. We just had the funeral for one, probably... The, the most wonderful singer ever in the history of the world. We're not talking about history of America, history of the world. You have to be deaf to not hear Whitney Houston sing and don't know God give gifts to people. With, with her voice, she can move mountains. But then the world got to her. And you know, the world got to her. They want to give her things that are going to make her feel good and everything, you know. Some of them, the world, some of them have this stethoscope on them. And giving you things. Going to make you feel good. It's going to destroy you. Keep going to them. You've been led by the devil. When you go to them, you're led by the devil. But when you come to God, you strengthen in the innermost being. Hallelujah. You remember when he was in the temple? At very young age. That is a very, very interesting story. And I'm getting ready to shut up. But it's really, really interesting story because... Here is a young man. The parents have been looking for young men. Just think of this. Me, it's probably going to be someone like Joshua. You know, we go to the fair. If I don't hold him here, I'll be all nervous, getting ready to have a heart attack because I don't know where he is. And then guess what? And I found him and he said, why are you looking for me? <laughs> Don't you know I have to be on the merry-go-round? <laughs> I won't tell you what would have happened. But <laughs> but it was really interesting all that Jesus told them when they saw him in the temple, the Bible said, Mary put this in, his, in her heart and pondered upon them because there was something unique about this child. Not only that she herself knew that she didn't sleep with nobody to have this child. Amen? Man, I, I know how we got Joshua. Okay. <laughs> I can tell Joshua, I brought you into the world and I can take you out. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't say that to somebody you knew was not brought into this world by man's desire. You know why he's here. He's here for one reason. And he said it in the temple. He, he opened up the book. He said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he appointed. He anointed me to preach. To set the captives free. I love the Lord. 
I love the Lord. If, if, if you don't, if you, if you don't, you know, you have something. You have somebody. You have somebody that the world cannot explain. You have somebody that the world cannot understand. You have somebody that has all power in his hand. You have somebody that's always there for you. God said, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. You have somebody that loves you. Amen. Do you know, you know, I, I thank God that he loves me. Knowing the places and the things and all the words that I have said, the, the, the character, you know, I, I tell you something. When I look at myself, I say, Lord, I wonder how you could love me. I wonder how you could love me. He loves me even when my father didn't love me. He loved me even when my mother didn't love me. God loves you. Don't let anybody tell you differently. He loves you. He loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life. I'm glad that he is the one. Because if it's somebody else, it's going to be based on what I've done for them lately. But because it's God, he did it even before I was born. He did it all by himself. He did it all. He didn't ask me where to hang the moon. He did it all by himself. Thank God that at the proper time, he was born of a woman, born under the law, that he may redeem those under the law.